Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Gathlane race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now we're on the Ultimate Wilderness races. And I know you guys are so excited for us to get back to it, get to the new races, but guess what? This time it's not a new race, it's the Gathlane all over again. <laughs> oh no! Why are we doing the Gathlane again, you might be asking yourselves. You might be screaming it into the wind for anyone to hear. And Christian might have be asking me like five minutes before before we started recording. It's because they've introduced a bunch of new options for the Gathlane here in Ultimate Wilderness. They have gotten the featured race treatment, which means they now have six pages worth of content as opposed to the quarter page, which we saw before in the bestiary. What I'm excited about, this is uh, sort of, I think what we can see now is Paizo's method moving forward is that it looks like they will be taking races they find interesting and want to expand on and put them into the hardcovers and not compile them in a brand new book altogether. So we saw the Gathlane that only had a quarter page in the beast area. They liked them, so they put them in their own book and gave them full treatment. We talked about when we did our race wish list episode, what races do we want to see get better treatment? Well, that's what's happening now. So let's take a look at the Gathlane. We now have a full page instead of two paragraphs worth of lore for them. So an enormous magical tree that is unnamed uh, grew seeds, sprouted them out, just scattered them across the winds, which they travel for hundreds of miles. And then, boop, you come out with a little seed, comes, hey, look at this cute little, little, little fairy guy. <laughs> Wings of wood and vines grow out of the bodies of these lithesome fae. Gathlanes prefer to wear a mix of clothing with a base of natural materials like grass skirts or simply woven tunics combined with bits of finery gathered from a variety of resources. So to note, the Gathlane appearance-wise in this art is actually really just a human slash halfling wearing tree bark. And then having the wings. So for the most part, they're very, very humanoid looking. Yeah, I think when we did the Beast Cherry episode, we, we called them essentially like fairies, Paizo's version of a fairy. Instead of having the like thin butterfly wispy wings, now you get these wooden barkish wings. Which I'm glad they, they did something different. It looks cool. Our ears wonderful. They got a couple in here. You got like the trickster looking dude, the pointy ears and the red hair. And he's laughing like he just pulled a prank on somebody. He just heard a whoopee cushion go off. He has a sword, so I don't know. He can give you paper cuts. I think swords are typically made of metal. Caleb. Well, maybe because they love plants so much and trees, they made theirs out of paper, Christian. Origami swords. Did you think about that? Folded over 1,000 times. <laughs> but I thought scientifically you can't fold a paper more than seven. Well, Christian, we I want to go beyond science and into nature. <laughs> so let's get into their stats. Gathlanes are small creature with the mm type. The what type? Mm. Is that... I didn't see that in the core rulebook, Caleb. Is that a new creature type? No, you also won't see that in this book because they forgot to give it a type. Oh. Yup. Rules is written for this one unless they do an errata sometime soon. Or anytime, I should say. I guess soon doesn't really matter when they do it, if they ever do it. But according to this book, they don't have a type. In the Beast Jerry, they were fey, which didn't actually surprisingly give you that many bonuses. But nope, you don't get any sort of type or subtype. I was wondering that because I saw like right above the Gathling, there's this little warning like, be careful, some of these creatures have plant immunities and that can disrupt a game and be perceived as overpowered. And then I went over to the Gathling and I was like, oh, I guess they're not plant types. They're not plant types. Regardless, even in the Beast Jerry, they weren't plant types. They were fey. Well, I guess we could, we could assume that for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably go forward assuming that, but just covering what is printed here, they don't have a type. That is definitely a first. But guess what, Christian? 
even though they're small creatures, normal move speed of 30 feet. And a fly speed of 40 feet. With poor maneuverability. Nice. This was uh, a topic of some discourse before, so let's not rehash our flying discussion. But it is at least interesting and intrinsic to them. The Gathlings get plus two to dexterity, plus two to charisma, minus two to constitution. All I'm seeing there is a small race without a strength score again. It's something I think I say a lot, but I think it's really cool because they get to be a martial character, essentially. But Christian, they're quick with dynamic, engaging personalities, even though they're rather fragile. I love these little texts after it. They get low light vision. They speak common and sylvan. And if they have a high intelligence score, they can choose between draconic, elven, goblin, halfling, and orc. Interesting. I would expect gnomish to be on there because I think that's a derivative language of sylvan, but I'm not a linguist, so I don't know. (laughs) Neither are you a fantasy linguist. You need more points in your linguistics check. (laughs) Uh, The Gathlings have a plus one natural armor bonus just for existing, despite the fact they totally just have skin, but that's okay. Bark, Christian, their wings are made of bark. Yeah, just their wings, though. They have spell-like abilities. Once a day, they can entangle or feather step. And that is their basic stats. So, so far, this is exactly the same as the Gathling we got before. We don't want to go too much into their society and stuff, but they do have a lot of information here about their society. The most interesting part to me was here where they said, I'm going to quote, Although Gathlings tend to engage in ruckus romances born of melodramatic or fanciful encounters... They do not procreate conventionally from such pairings, even when the two happen to be of different physical sexes. Just happen to be. Gathlanes show... Obviously, that wasn't quoted. And neither is this. Oh, no, I'm ruining how to quote things. Gathlanes show little interest in gender, finding it quaint when other races use it as a basis for assigning roles or choosing partners. All I'm hearing out of that is that they will make the best fantasy soap operas. <laughs> they, they are <laughs> in Pathfinder lore. The Gathlings have taken over daytime television in between showings of Judge Judy. <laughs> you are not the father physically. You're not able to be. We didn't need a lie detector test. There was no DNA. You just aren't the father. So that's kind of interesting how you're procreating. You're not. You don't have any involvement in that. It's like, hey, you're like an apple. I don't get to pick. It's just like, hey, the tree made seeds, and now I got a bunch of brothers. Listen, the family tree is actually just one line. It's got the tree at the top and then just a horizontal line of everybody else. I I like the idea that, like, they're kind of indifferent to gender. It's not a big deal to them. But I kind of wish to go along with that. They looked so very much less very human. The female is very, very super feminine. And the male is very, very masculine. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Nitpicky, but. I don't mind the art. I think the art looks good. I know. She's got pigtails. And I don't think pigtails look good on anyone. Sorry about anyone who wears pigtails. You know what? We're grading this class zero because of the pigtails. All right. But we got alternate racial traits for the first time in a core book anyway. So let's take a look at them. We have flighty. Some Gathlings are too easily distracted to miss anything going on around them. They gain perception as a class skill (gasps) and gain a plus two racial bonus on saving throws against patterns and effects that cause the fascinated condition. This replaces natural armor. Not a bad trade-off. I would always take perception over everything forever. So uh, probably a must-have. They have... Honey Whisperer, the other daytime television show for the Gathlings. <laughs> some Gathlings keep bees of all sizes, collecting their honey and sometimes even riding the largest of them. They can already fly. Okay. Um, they can use Handle Animal and Wild Empathy to influence vermin as if they were animals with an intelligence score of one. This also replaces natural armor. Well, I'm liking the pattern of replacing natural armor with something very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to get a bee as a mount as a Gathlane, then I want to be able to do all my handle animal checks with it. Please. Thank you. 
I just realized how dumb it is I have a problem that they ride bees and they already fly because humans already run, but we ride horses. I don't think that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's about move speed and also these guys have poor maneuverability. Right. Maybe you just get tired, Christian, huh? You ever consider that? Maybe they just get tired from flying. They can have intense curiosity. Some gaflings habitually fixate on something or someone nearby and examine its every detail. When taking 20 on the check, they gain a plus four racial bonus on perception and survival checks to find and follow tracks and to predict the weather. You know, a lot of, a lot of like the nature-based stuff is really focused on tracking, which I haven't used a lot. Oh, wait. You could take a 20 on a tracking track? Oh, this replaces spell-like abilities. Wait, so it's like you take 20 to follow tracks. Wouldn't that take literally forever, depending on the length of the tracks? All right, Not anyway. if I'm level 20 and got my cool track at full speed ability. And wait, since we can you use perception to follow tracks? I thought you explicitly cannot do that. To find and follow. So what? I guess perception to find, survival to follow? Hence why we don't use tracking very often. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't sure there was so much caught up in it. I-, I actually wouldn't be surprised if it's wrong. We're going to be talking about this in our Ultimate Wilderness Review. There are some misprints in here, some things that reference things that don't quite work that way. This might be one of those cases. But either way, um, it is a really small and situational bonus, replacing two very useful spell-like abilities. Power game-wise, not very good. Mm-hmm. Gathlings can take otherworldly gossip. Many Gathlings excitedly share every last bit of gossip they can find. These Gathlings gain a plus two racial bonus on diplomacy checks to gather information and on checks with one knowledge skill of their choice. Once you choose a knowledge skill, it can't be changed. This replaces spell-like abilities. Okay, I, I like that. It's not as bad a trade-off. I still think the spell-like abilities are stronger, but if you're a class that doesn't have a knowledge skill that you really want, I think this is a great thing to take to fulfill that. Yeah, and it fits with what they're kind of talking about, how they're they're explorers, so you don't want to be able to get information, stuff like that, and have the knowledge. That's fine. Certain Gathlanes play at the games of courtly intrigue that dominate much of first world culture, assuming titles that other fae may or may not recognize. These Gathlanes treat bluff, diplomacy, and knowledge, nobility as class skills. Two of those are really good skills to have class skills if they're not already your class skills. This will replace your feather step spell like ability. Interesting, just one of them. Hmm. Yeah, it's the one of the two that you'd really like to replace because you already fly, so being able to ignore difficult terrain isn't super helpful. I like it. Yeah, that was really strong. I mean, if you don't already have those as class skills, with just bluff and diplomacy, that's like a plus six across two skills, and then potentially a plus nine if you use knowledge nobility. That's really good. I said the words first world. You can learn more about that in our Ultimate Wilderness review, but it's essentially like a a plane of existence that's very nature, sort of crazy nature themed, which is where these guys come from. Gathlings can be tree-born. Some gathlings take after their tree ancestors, standing more firmly, but moving more slowly. They have no constitution penalty, but have a base speed of 20 feet and a fly speed of 30 feet with the clumsy maneuverability. I really like that. I wish we saw more of this stuff. Yeah, you know, for all the guff I've given this book, this is this is a really well done, so far, alternate racial traits. They've done the first interesting thing, which is just replace one of the things you can do with your spell-like ability instead of replacing the whole thing. And now that trait is very even. We've talked about the detriments of having a 20-fit move speed and being clumsy. It makes it very difficult to get to higher levels to put enough points in to make your fly, you know, worth it. And it's something where the mechanic and the flavor are married so perfectly well together that, you know, that's the stuff I do like. Tree dialect. A rare few Gathlings are born with the knowledge of an ancient way of speech that allows them to communicate with trees. Once per day, they can cast Speak with Plants, trees only, as a spell-like ability with a caster level equal to the Gathlane's character level. This replaces spell-like abilities. 
I take this in a heartbeat. That is really cool role-playing material. Definitely, 100%. Agree. Hey, old one, how you doing? Real quick, I am just starving. You got you know you have an apple tree friend around here? Have you tried absorbing the sun? <laughs> Photosynthesis, of course. <laughs> but I'm a fae. If only I was a plant creature. <laughs> if only my skin wasn't made of skin. <laughs> Well, they now get favored class options. And some of them are actually pretty good. There's a couple, uh, the Barbarian and the Ranger, that involve you getting DR. Every four levels, you get one DR, but it is overcome by Cold Iron, both mechanically strong and very flavorful to the Fey, they being weak to Cold Iron. Uh, a couple classes get the option to put Druid spells on their spell list, the That's Bard... Cool. And the witch in particular, I I always really enjoy uh, alternate racial traits that let me take a spell from some other spell list and use it on a different class because it cuts down the need to multi-class, opens up a lot of options. They get three archetypes, the Fae Courtier, which is a bard archetype, the Season Sage, which is a druid archetype, and the Fae Prankster, which is a rogue archetype. If you're not familiar, we don't really cover these now, because eventually we'll be covering each of these individually sometime in the far future, probably. I would like to say, though, about the Season Sage, very interesting. They give up wild empathy to get a bunch of season-themed abilities. Like, you have, you can touch something and influence with fall. You touch a tree, and all of a sudden it starts shedding its leaves, or starts growing when you do it with spring. And they get a couple cool abilities based on that concept. I like it a lot. And I'll say the Fae Prankster has this really neat ability where they can steal the appearance of two adjacent items of the same size and make them look like each other. It's a very trickstery themed thing, and it's something that allows what is typically a martial class emulate some spell-like abilities, which is always very cool. He can also exchange the appearance of two creatures. Hmm, this could lead to things. <laughs> See, what I'm saying it fits into the drama. He's like, you switch him out, and it's like, oh. I thought you were Susan. No, it's all been a trick. All of a sudden, we're in Spartacus. But you swapped him with his own twin brother. <laughs> but she could tell because of the, the way he smiled. <laughs> I knew it wasn't you. You knew all along? Then why'd you do it? Because I had to know how far you'd go. Find out <laughs> next week on Seeds of Love. <laughs> oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just getting ready to open up our presents. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, get some eggnog, pour yourself a cup of cheer, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, this one's for me. Open it up. Oh, Caleb, a, a bag of dice. How unexpected. All right, what kind of feats we got going on? So the Gathlings get a couple of feats involving their spell-like abilities. They get a small chain here. It's called uh, Advanced Gathling Magic. You have developed your innate magical abilities. The prerequisites for this are to have 13 charisma. Easy, because the Gathling gets a plus 2 to charisma. And to be a Gathling of level 3 or higher. 
you gain the following spells as spell-like abilities, each which are usable once a day. You can use Wood Meld, which is melding into wood, kind of as Meld with Stone, where you kind of like just sink into wood and can hide there for a while, and Wood Shape, which allows you to reshape wood to your will. Interesting, I like the idea of sort of creating your own spell-ish thing that just fits your theme. Does the same thing, but with wood, uh. I mean, if you told me I could take feats to get spell-like abilities, I'd totally do it. These are a little specific, but, you know, generally useful, especially in your campaign where you know you'll reliably have access to wood. I mean, if you're in, like, the Underdark Dwarven Forges, don't take this feat. But if you're doing a nature-themed campaign, very useful spells. And they have greater Gathlane magic. You need a Charisma 15, Advanced Gathlane magic, and a character level of 9. You gain the following spells as spell-like abilities. Each which are usable once per day, Command Plants, and Thorny Entanglement. That's what I called my marriage, guys. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Marriage jokes. (laughs) So Command Plants is kind of like mind control, but for plant-like creatures, typically... Creatures with the plant subtype are immune to mind-affecting effects, but this allows you to basically kind of like charm person a plant, our plant people. The final feat in this chain is superior gathling magic. This requires you to have 17 charisma, be at least uh, character level 15, and have the feats just mentioned before. You gain the following spells as spell-like abilities, each usable once a day. Live Oak and Tree Stride. So Live Oak is a level 6 druid spell, and Tree Stride is a level 5 druid spell. So pretty high level spells, although you are getting a level 17. The Live Oak allows you to turn an oak tree into a guardian, and it becomes a creature that will defend you. Tree Stride is this really neat spell that lets you walk into a tree and then basically teleport by walking out of any other tree in the world. There is a, a transport range on this. It's not super far. Um... Looks like if you use an oak tree, it's 3,000 feet, but I think that one's really neat. Is that like a teleport spell where it's like you need to know the tree you're coming out of? Nope. By moving into the oak tree, you instantly know the location of all other oak trees within range. Wow. Now that is intriguing. So I think, wow, I want to say like it's three feet to pay that, but that's a really cool thing to do. I feel like it might screw over your GM and it's hard to be like, okay, guys, I'm going to split the party real quick to go halfway across the world. I mean, us, we all have this, which I doubt. It's, it's 3,000 3, feet max. You really, you're going to your own forest. Gotcha. There, there's another one that lets you do that, but that's, this one, isn't it? It's cool, but it's three feet, bro. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If you're like a fighter, I mean, I always say fighters have tons of feet to spare. If I could spend my feats on spells, I will definitely do it. Yeah, you know uh, all those fighters with 17 charisma. Let me take a cue from our automatic bonus progression episode. What are you talking about, Christian? That's, see, see, even this, 17 charisma at level 15 on a race that has a bonus to charisma. Not a super steep Oh, investment. yeah, as a fighter, I just want to throw five of my points into charisma. You could just have a headband by that point. <laughs> Mad noises. <laughs> Green Tongue, you know the language of the plants. You need Charisma 13 and a character level 5. You can cast Speak with Plants once per day as a spell-like ability, and at 10th level and every 5 levels thereafter, you can cast Speak with Plants an additional time per day. Well, you can already get this from your alternate racial trait. Yeah, really. I don't know why I'd blow a feed on it. To use it more. Mm. I guess. Also, if you're wondering why, hey, Caleb, why didn't you do the flavor text for the other three feats? Because it's, you have developed innate magical abilities <laughs> you have greatly developed you have dramatically developed <laughs> well let's hop over to the season flyer because that's got some juicy flavor text you have trained long and hard at flight mm. 
juicy. Yeah. You need 15 dexterity, five ranks in the fly skill, and you can't have replaced your fly speed with anything. Uh, your maneuverability while flying improves to average. Ooh, so this one's interesting. So going from poor to average is going from a minus four to your fly skill checks to a minus zero in your fly skill checks. So you could look at it as a plus four to your uh, fly skill, which is a little bit better than skill focus, which gives you a plus three, at least until you get 10 ranks in it. What is super interesting is that we saw that other racial trait that made your fly speed clumsy. This doesn't say that it increases your flight maneuverability by one step. It says it just improves it to average. So if you took that alternate racial trait and took this feat, you'd suddenly just have average fly maneuverability, basically giving yourself a plus eight to your fly skill. Really good point and great catch, Christian. I don't know if that was intended. I, I can't imagine it was. It's it's still not super broken. I mean, the race has flying, so I think balance at this point is out the window in that regard. Um, but not a big deal. But definitely not a bad feat. I think it's a pretty neat feat, especially if you're the uh, big, heavy, honeycomb version of the Gathling. Honeycomb version. Why is his speed slow? Oh, he, he's just covered in honey all the time. <laughs> Why is he so sticky? I would pick skill focus fly or the other feat that does fly in something else. I don't remember what it is, probably acrobatics or something. Instead, if you didn't take that alternate racial trait, because plus four, I mean, it's just going to be, you're going to get outclassed by the time you put 10 ranks in. Symbiotic resilience. Your symbiotic vines have spread all throughout your body, granting you a lesser form of the immunities enjoyed by plant creatures. You need Econa 13. When you are paralyzed, magically put to sleep, stunned, you ignore the effects of that condition, but you are instead staggered for the same duration as the ignored condition. Removing the ignored condition also removes the staggered condition, but you can't otherwise remove the staggering condition, nor can immunity to being staggered protect against it. Mm, they hit that one really good, and I guess this confirms that they are not intended to be plant subtype creatures. <laughs> but no, I really like that one, and that one's pretty powerful. I would definitely trade paralyzed, sleeped, or stunned, which basically reads, get coup de grod nerd into being staggered for one turn. <laughs> Last feat that they can pick is the wandering mind. Your mind drifts swiftly from one thing to the next and is all but impossible to pin down. You have to be a gathling of level nine to pick this. When you fail a will save against a mind affecting effect that lasts more than one round, you can attempt another will save on the round after that failed effect. If you succeed, you gain the normal benefits at succeeding at the will save against that effect. Uh, this feat offers only one additional saving throw against each effect. So this is basically the Stubborn Mind Advanced Rogue talent, which is definitely one of the better ones. If you combine this with, say, Improved Iron Will, as we always say, succeeding at will save is probably one of the most important things in this game, and this helps you do that. So kind of a really good pick, I think. Now to come to their equipment, Christian, I'm so excited about this. As we were talking about, here are the rules. You can have a riding bee. You can have a worker or a queen, and they're listed in the bestiary too to see them. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Cue the Oprah gif. Bee. Yeah. Everyone's crying. <laughs> wow, I would never have thought of this on my own. I think that's really clever that they thought of this. And, and the way they describe it, you don't sit on them on top of a saddle. That's sort of like the human way to think. And we have a horse. We don't want to be underneath it. Please, let's get on top. These guys are like, no, they carry a larva underneath their little bellies. We make a little basket. We slip in there and they're like, ooh, little larva. And they love us. The bees are 300. 450 for a trained worker, 8,000 for the queen, and 12,000 for a combat trained queen. So that's where definitely that 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 one that one alternate racial trait that let you do handle animal on the bees is, is seems almost to me absolutely necessary. I mean, I suppose you could just buy a combat trained, but you still want to push it and stuff. 
I like the idea that only Gafflanes know the secret to how bees fly, because I don't know if it's, like, still a thing, but I remember when I was growing up, like, in maybe it was early 2000s, they were like, we scientists don't know how bees can fly, the proportion of their wings to their body. It's just impossible from physics. What else could we learn that break the law of physics from the bee? Maybe they're also filled with helium or something. (laughs) Oh, no, we've dug too far. They spit in their honey. Go back. Go back. <laughs> and that's when the bees started disappearing. We started digging too deep into it. <gasps> oh, it all makes sense now. Whatever happened to killer bees? They were such a big problem. I remember doing like a report about them back when I was in school. Now what happened? What's up with them? <laughs> Do you want the killer bees to come back, Caleb? <laughs> Don't talk. We said their name twice. We say it a third time. It's like Beetlejuice will come. Shush. <laughs> Gathlings also now have wing hooks, which are little uh, hooks braced under their wings that help them cling to things. They can cling to surfaces with a DC climb check of 10 with, you know, very little effort. And they can even sleep there while they're clinging to a tree. It's interesting. I like the idea of, you know, you hook yourself up kind of like a bat would be upside down with its legs. Here you can hook yourself and you have your hands and feet to do whatever else you want to do. with. That's cool. Also possible to hook yourself up to something in the air and your hands are still free to, say, cast spells or attack with weapons. That's only 150 gold. Let's see what kind of magic items they have. They get four new ones. We're just going to pick out ones we thought were interesting. I want to talk about the harness of grabbing vines, which is 40,000 gold, only because they just... They're really flirting with the problems that that they've had in the past. This is a harness that allows your wings to manipulate objects and to grab on handholds as if they were extra arms as long as the wearer isn't flying. They had a lot of problems with vestigial arm of the alchemist and being like, no, you don't understand. They don't grant extra attacks, but there's extra arms. I understand that, but they can only do what you would have done. Yeah, they can hold the weapon and shoot. No, but you couldn't shoot more than you could shoot before. But why can't I pull a trigger? No, you don't understand. <laughs> so they're, they're floating with that again. They're floating into the danger zone. They also do a couple other things regarding anchoring step. I just want to mention it because of their flirting with danger. But it's good to be able to like, hit. Hey, let me just put this on my wing real quick. That's what it's really for. It's kind of sort of for the role play of, here, let me just put this up here. Walking around with a honeycomb in each wing and in each hand under each arm. I'm ready. Pick me up like I'm one of your larva queen being ready. One of their magic items are the Slippers of the Primordial Wilds. These are feet slot and they cost 24k gold, which is pretty steep, uh, but they're pretty interesting as well. When they are wearing them, they cannot be tracked or otherwise detected by scent. Um, items that give you immunity to things like scent and tremor scents are really useful for uh, builds that rely on invisibility and stealth. But what's really cool that they can do is that whenever the wearer of these slippers is standing with one foot in one type of terrain and one foot in another type of terrain, such as if you're at a cave mouth, they can speak the command word of the item to move to either the material plane or the first world as per planar shift twice per day. So this isn't even like an item I would consider buying. This sounds much more to me like a storytelling item, something that you give your players so that they can pass to the first world mm-hmm. if you're telling a story that takes place on both. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that kind of stuff. I think it was, was it all the elemental races could grab someone and be like, hey, now you're in the fire plane. Yeah, they got um, access to planar shifts of that whatever plane they are from. And I think also the fetchling had the ability to do like shadow walk, gotcha, something gotcha. similar. Now, in the past, we haven't covered spells. It was kind of an oversight on my part. I do wish we did do it sort of the way we treat equipment where we pick out the interesting ones 
We're not going to go back and do all of them over again, but moving forward, we can do better. So is there any of these spells, Christian, that stand out to you? They get five new spells, which to mention, because this is the first time we're talking about spells, I think these spells can be picked by other races as well. But you only want to run that by your GM. It's sort of a, a thing that well, mostly Gathlings do, but I mean, a Gathling could teach you. One I just really like, it's called Wing Bounty. It is a level two spell for druids and shamans. Your wings sprout colorful and flavorful berries that act as the good berry spell but you could also choose for your wing fruits to be poisonous if you want so and actually i like the idea of the party gathling coming i'd be like hey guys you're hungry spreads wings fruit flies out ow ow what am i being hit by oh i'm bleeding it's red oh i'm looking up he's just dropping red berries all over me all right thanks bro you get two d4 berries plus two berries a level that's a lot of berries most of these have to do with their wings. There's like three spells involving their wings. They get Wooden Wing Shield, which is a level four spell for druids, and Shamans, level five for Magus. A few other classes cast it too. It has a cast time of one immediate action, so you can use it when it's not your turn. Your wings transmute into a wooden barrier resembling a tower shield to block attacks, granting you a plus four shield bonus to AC. If you move, the spell ends immediately. Not super strong, but pretty cool. And that is our Gathlane. Christian, do you like the expanded options here? Did it live up to what it should have done? I, I must have missed the art when we first went over the Gathlane because I didn't realize they were just little people. I I'm just kind of turned off by the fact that they're literally just humans, mm -hmm. except tiny, and then some, they have wings. Um, but other than that, I like the expansion on their mechanics. I think they made a lot of interesting design choices here. They they uh, explored some uh, previously unexplored design spaces, such as giving you the option to replace some of your ability scores, uh, improve mm -hmm. your ability scores with some more offsets associated with it. Yep. The favorite class options are all pretty good, and I think definitely encourage you to play a lot of different classes with this race. I think they aren't too hard flavor-wise to fit into a campaign, and I think there's definitely like a lot of interesting stories you could tell with these creatures from the first world. Would you prefer if they were plant subtype and made of plants to look more planty and less human? I don't care about their subtype. I just want them to be... I want to have bark skin. Hmm, okay. I really don't like the art of the prankster-looking one because he's basically like a satyr, but instead of having goat legs, he's got bark branches. Right. <laughs> bark wings. Uh, you always say you're an aesthetic person. I'm an aesthetic person too, and this, these people are just aesthetically just humans. Yeah, with, I, can, with I can't disagree with you. Like, I know what you mean by just humans. They're not exactly human, but the part of that is a person is human. <laughs> oh no, my skin's gray or my hair's a little stiffer. I uh, better believe I'd be a bee boy. I'll be riding on that bee all day long. Let's go. I'm, I'm not even tired. I'm just want to be. Let's go. It's the end of the day. We're all relaxed. I'm reading a book. He's just flying me in circles. I love it. It's what I'm doing, honey. I'm loving it. I'd be a, I'd be a, a bee boy. <laughs> Takes really, flight on one big bee emoji. It's cool. I like it. I think they expanded it just as they should have. I think they did a just fine job. I, I I want to see other races treated like this. They did a great job of expanding it, keeping to the flavor, expanding the their relations and their background, giving them the alternate racial traits. I love it. Everything was great. Especially the, the feats in particular. I hope these feats continue in this way as well. These are pretty powerful feats that are dripping with flavor. Yeah, even the one I was like, well, I guess just don't pick this because it's worse than getting the skilled. You found out, hey, it actually is pretty good if you've taken this alternate racial trait. Man, I can't wait for that new race that we're covering. Yeah, the next race is going to be the Gorin. Did we do the Gorin? Yes, just as these guys were bestiary 4, the Gorin is bestiary 5. But we're going to have expanded options. They're going to get the same sort of treatment. They're going to get the featured treatment, which means six pages. Actually, strangely enough, they're only going to get five. 
for whatever reason, but essentially the feature treatment. I'm interested to see what kind of stuff. I hope they, they keep this curve going up. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. Hey, Andrew. You want to play some D&D tonight? No. I, I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com.